Inside the Connection, a podcast by HCTC, the Hill Country's leader in telecommunications products and services. Do you ever look up into the night sky and wonder what is out there? Well, welcome to Inside the Connection, a podcast where we take a deeper dive into the articles of our bi-monthly magazine. Our guest today is Francis Walsh. He's the marketing officer of Cosmic Obsession Kerrville, and today we're talking about the article called Out of This World. The article was printed in our July-August 2020 Connection magazine. As a side note, all of our publications are on our website at hctc.net, then you go to resources and then to news, and there you'll find a tab for newsletters. As with most news articles, there's always more to the story than what we could print. So thank you again for joining us today as we talk with Francis Walsh and we take a deeper look inside the connection. So Francis, thank you so much for, for joining us today. I'm, I've been looking so forward to talking about space and the observatory and telescopes. And I, I mean, the whole topic is just exciting. I mean, so tell us, give us the quick overview. How did all this come about and what do you do and I just I want to ask all the questions up front, and I know that's not how you do this, but I'm real excited about this podcast. Well, hello, Carrie. How are you? And hello, everybody who's listening. Uh, thank you for having us on the podcast today. Very, very happy to be here and uh, happy to share uh, information about outer space with you and the listeners, for sure, for sure. Well, Carrie, you just asked a question that spans 10 years. <laughs> okay. Well, you got ten years. Well, no, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, not not that I'll, long, but yeah, I'm going to chop it down because I'll, I'll tell everybody it's been a it's been a fantastic ride of ten years for me and my family. Uh, Carrie said, "I'm marketing director. I'm I'm son-in-law to the great astronomer who uh, Bob, my father-in-law, who uh, runs and operates and built and thought up and created the idea." and brought to life this observatory in Kerrville, Texas. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you to Bob and Debbie, first and foremost, for that. And then uh, past that, what's left? Outer space and a way to go out and see what's there, right? Outer space is uh, something, in my opinion, I put an IMO in it. There isn't enough outlets for people to hear about outer space. Like, how many times a week has someone told you where Saturn will be tonight? That you might go out at night and go say, oh, there's Saturn. Or same thing for Jupiter, which I'm going to tell you a little later in this discussion exactly where you're going to go see it tonight if you want to. Yes. So it's this kind of uh, connection with outer space that uh, I'm trying to bring to people, like the listeners. Uh, My father-in-law is trying to deliver our eyes into the skies with the observatory in Kerrville. And um, the only way he can do that, if everybody knows about internet and everybody knows about internet, you need a great internet connection to do that. And we use that internet connection to deliver outer space to as many people as we can. You know, it'd be easy to say, oh, we, we deliver outer space to the world. I can't, I, I can send signals out around the globe. But I know that there's a limited amount of people that I can actually reach. But I'll tell you, that's who we're trying to reach with astronomy. And that's why I'm here and happy to talk to you about it. Because even if it's one listener or two listeners, 
a parent, a kid who gets interested in outer space because they listen to somebody like me. That's it. My, you know, I'd like to say my job is done, but my job actually, it won't be done. I won't be happy until, let's see, 10,000 people are into astronomy because of me. I don't know. I don't know. That's good. That's a good number. Well, and that's a good point. You actually plant the seeds for individuals to take and develop. Who knows what? Maybe somebody develops the science and the technology for telescopes. Maybe somebody gets excited and they actually go to work for NASA. Go to Mars. There you go. That Mars is on. We've talked about Mars a lot for the last handful of years. Let me tell you a quick, I'm going to give you a left field. I happen to work with and mentor a teacher in Cameroon, Africa, who wants to be the first space tourist from Cameroon. Wow. So, so people are already having those conversations and you're, you're helping to facilitate that. And well, I mean, it's so much fun. I mean, wow. helping people that, and I, and people say, well, why do you, some people have asked before how and why you do things, but I found now that if it makes you happy, that's the only thing you need. Sure. Right. Well, just looking at the photographs that are in this magazine, it's, it's hard to imagine that is real. That that's really those are your photographs that we published, and I I just can't imagine looking into a piece of equipment like a telescope and seeing those images. I mean, how exciting! I just I, I mean, once again, I'm excited about this because the subject matter is just absolutely fascinating. So you really do see images like that. Well, I'm gonna paint space. a picture. Let me try to paint a picture here because it's important. Visual astronomy and astrophotography have barriers between them. What we can see with our eyes when we look in a telescope is different than what we can capture with a camera. And I'm going to try to bridge something. But first I wanted to say something. Collaboration. Bob's got the equipment, the, the telescope. He's in the right place. Location, location, location. I'm outside of Houston four hours away. I've got the outreach. I'm talking, I'm talking, I'm talking. We have all the support from all our friends. A great collaboration of bringing outer space. You know, you, you understand? And collaboration with our internet provider because we, but the observatory, just to know, you have to drive 45 miles or 45 minutes, let me say, 45 minutes through absolutely nothing. <laughs> right. You know, farm, you know, just undeveloped land, a 45-minute drive from a highway or a route to, to the observatory. So it is out there in the middle of God's country. Sure, sure. And so you have an obvious vulnerability of how are you going to access Internet to do what you want to do because – the plan to make the observatory came before how are we going to hook up the internet, right? And that's normally how things go. You've got a goal and you had to put all the pieces together and something like an internet connection, which is very vital. And I'll tell you why in a second is important in the end. And quickly I'll get to it. We have a friend in New Jersey, Joe, he has a telescope in our observatory in Texas. He operates his telescope in Texas from his home in New Jersey. <laughs> wow. How can you do that without internet? Sure. How can you do that without a cell phone tower, tower close enough to you to get the connection? That was an issue. There right. was no cell phone towers. So uh, now I, I, no extra, I have 
That's one thing I lack is a knowledge of how y'all did it. But now we are capable of having enough bandwidth to make these connections so that Joe can operate his telescopes, that we can be on Facebook. We can do live broadcasts because Joe in New Jersey is um, owner of a, a website where you can go and see live stream from his telescope and others. It's a collaborative event on a website called Night Skies Network. In fact, if, if if there are things like that that you want to um, talk about through the podcast, please do, because I'm sure our listeners would love to say, where can I see these pictures? Where can I read this? So um, tell us his website again. Yeah. Uh, Joe's website is nightskiesnetwork.com. Okay. And, and there are a number of users who, because people love to show off once they get into it, what's going on with their telescopes. And there are many, 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 a million more, question mark, amateur astronomers with telescopes and cameras that can now connect to the internet and looking for a place to go so that they can broadcast their live feed. And they do on a place like nightskiesnetwork.com. And so Joe's in New Jersey, his telescope's in Texas, his website's getting people from Florida and Canada and all around the U.S. and beyond and collaboration. So people are like, okay, collaborate, collaborate, collaborate. How can I help? How, how are you going to collaborate with me? Right. Right. And I guess that's the, the, the hardest question to answer because people are spread out over far distances. Right. Um, so, so just one quick question on that. So I know the internet has certainly been coming of age. I don't know, the last 15 years, maybe something like that. And speeds are getting um, you know, faster and faster in every day, every year. So I guess this type of collaboration just wasn't possible without a product like the internet. Is that safe to say? Hmm. Um, yeah, that's I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to put my own commercial. No, in, in no, 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 no. I'll tell you, uh, I'll tell you, uh, Carrie, um, my, my, me and my brother put together our first computer in 1986 and we connected to the servers on the university of West Virginia. Okay. That was the first internet. Okay. Wow. In order to connect. And what we would do is we would play a mud game, which was just a, a numbers game. And it uh -huh. was, it was the internet back in 1986. So, we don't have to go very much farther. 34 years is, I guess, not that much further down the road. But now we're capable of so much more right now. And then the future of space-based constellations and grids and how that's going to incorporate with infrastructure already for Internet. You know, we're going uh, full-blown technology, sensors, you know, you're going to have advertisements know that you're walking by, just like the movies. And so sure. the only way that you can do that is through uh, quick access, smart internet service, smart equipment. Um, I want to get back to uh, something about, because I don't want to get too far away from astronomy. I do want to make this as much of a lesson <laughs> if I can. Uh, what we see through a telescope eyepiece when we're in the right place at the right time is much different than what a camera can capture over a period of time. And time could be a year because okay. a camera will take one image of an object in the sky 
and he it can repeat that over and over and over again sure and then what a person like bob does the amateur astronomer because now that he has wonderful telescopes and and all these things people may say is he out there with his eye looking in the in the eyepiece no he's taking individual snapshots of space and each snapshot captures a little bit of light from that object and the next cap uh, will capture a little more and a little more and then he'll have to go into uh, software programs, Pixinsight, Photoshop, Registax. Oh, there's many, many more. I can't even speak more. And they put all those pictures together into one. Oh, okay. And all that captured light turns into the fabulous images that you'll see inside the uh, Connections uh, magazine right now okay so when you go to page eight inside the magazine and you see the uh uh lovely page i love that page i love the article thank you very very much i love the color black when especially we're we're night sky uh uh, perfect but those images are multiple images layered together resulting in that okay and people have to and i have to share this with people i have to almost let them down a little bit which is (laughs) But it's okay because it's 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 all right because we have fabulous pictures and we have as amateur astronomers like Bob who's constantly taking them, so we can connect. When you can bring that time, that moment in time closer to now, people can connect better to it. So I can take them out with a telescope and we'll go look at the planets. Jupiter is out tonight, the brightest object in the sky in the east. You'll see it. You can't miss it. Put a pair of binoculars to it, and you'll see its moons. Okay? Really? It gives you, yes, oh, yes. And it immediately will connect you. You know, it gives me tingles talking about it. It immediately connects you in a way that you may never have been connected to the solar system before because it gives you spatial, it gives you a spatial view of your perspective of where it is and where you are here on Earth. You know, I had a coworker, very smart guy, project manager, come to me and say, you know, sometimes if you're claustrophobic here on Earth, it's like we're the only, the only thing here, right? That's right, right. And, and it's okay. It, it, it's it's a way to think, you know. But then I I uh, I gave him a picture of the comet, which we took recently of a comet that was in the sky just recently. Comet Neowise spent a month or so in our skies. The Great Comet of 2020. Nobody's saying it, but I will. Great comet of 2020, pandemic and whatever, <laughs> was in the skies. And I gave him a picture of the comet. And he said, I, you know, I went home and I thought about it. And I looked at the picture. And that gave me more relief. And I said, wait till I show you Jupiter. You know? Wow. Sure. Because when I, when I show him Jupiter and I didn't I haven't yet, he'll be like, okay, that's it. I don't got to worry about that anymore. It's out over there and we're right here. Uh, part uh I don't know, neat note right now is that there are a lot of planets on the same side of the sun, okay? Uh, Us, uh, Saturn, uh, Jupiter, uh, Mars, uh, Venus, uh, a a lot, and it's rare. So that means it sets up a a scenario where seeing these planets, we're in a good time, right? We don't have to look across the sun. If they're on the other side of the sun, you're not sure. I'm sorry, Ma, I had to use that word. Uh, you're not going to see them across the sun, but if they're all on the same side with you, when you're at nighttime, you're going to get an opportunity to look out. Right, that makes sense. And see them. And so um, 
Again, I repeat, brightest object in the night sky after the sun sets is going to be the planet Jupiter. If you can get a pair of binoculars on it, you should see two, three, or four moons. Those little bright objects around it are not other stars, they're its moons. If you look at it tonight, you'll see it one way, and if you go out there tomorrow, the moons will move, and you'll know, and you'll be able to, like the astronomers of old, you'll become an you'll become an instant observational astronomer. And if you go yeah, out there and you with a little yeah. notepad, you say draw a dot and say, okay, there's Jupiter, uh-huh. and there's the point of that moon, and you make those little drawings, and then you bring it out the next night, and as soon as you make the second drawing, you're an astronomer. <laughs> there you go. So we have a new task for our listeners tonight is to go out Do and it. now, now we'll say this, many people in the hill country have binoculars, but probably the biggest binocular telescope type of thing that people have are deer scopes or scopes on their rifles. Spotting, sco- spotting scope. Spotting sco- so, so please, I, I don't want to get a call from people saying that everybody's outside with their deer rifles up in the air, looking at planets. Well, no, so, but I'll tell, I'll tell most people if uh, most people do have a spotting scope is different than a, 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 a scope on a rifle. Um, okay. I don't know. You know, I, I don't know where that came from. I would have never thought of that. And in my whole, my, my whole, in my whole thing, I would have never thought. And I'm not going to recommend that, all, especially without good trigger control. I'm sorry. That's no. right. <laughs> so how how long? Uh, this may take me a day or two to get this podcast out there. So how long October, will these plants maybe. be lined up? Maybe. Really, that yeah. long? Okay. Well, now the thing is, with each with each successive night the planets will move a little bit farther toward the west okay because that's the way they're moving with each successive night they'll get a little closer to the west until eventually they'll get to the west and they'll go below the horizon but because right now they're they're pretty prominent when the sun goes down they're up there right pretty prominent in the sky there's jupiter and saturn saturn is just to the left a little bit and dimmer so with a good set of binoculars you might be able to see the rings of Saturn. Opportunities. Wow. This is the opportunity to go out there and make a connection with two, the two gas giants of our solar system. Dum, dum, dum. That's just, I mean, that's just absolutely fascinating to, to, I mean, I've always seen their pictures in a science book in, you know, high school or whatever, but to really see that. You could see the red spot. If you go, that's, could, that's amazing. You, know, you could, yeah, I think, I think, well, you know, again, the red spot rotates around Jupiter, so if you wait long enough, you'll be able to see the red spot. Sure. Uh, we wow. have, I have, I am friends, you know, Facebook has given me, internet has given me the ability to connect to so many wonderful astrophotographers and astronomer friends and reg- and folks who are just interested in astronomy. I get, I get to see the universe so beautifully, you know, and I, if I could say anything to the people who may not... <clears throat> have that input from someone else try to find out if you if you're listening to this continue that continue the search into outer space because i haven't talked about asteroids i haven't talked about comets i haven't talked about meteor showers meteor storms uh, you know comets that have multiple parts you know all sorts of stuff and we haven't even gone outside our solar system and outside our galaxy because the summer is galaxy season for astrophotographers like Bob. Summer is a good time to go out and see a lot of galaxies in the sky. Okay. And so they'll, you know, 
He recently took a picture of the uh, part of the Veil Nebula. Now, let's see. Let's take a moment, if I may, and let people find out how can they connect with Cosmic Obsession. How are they? Who's Francis? How can I see what's going on over there? Please. Our website, CosmicObsession.com, it's almost like a place, place card. You can send an email through the form and we'll get it. But most, if you want something from yesterday or you want something from the day before, our, our Facebook page is really the place to be. And I, I have experience with uh, podcast listeners. I'm sorry if you don't use Facebook because we use it so heavily. I know there's some users who don't. Um, oh gosh, it, it, it's really hard for us because I, I, I'm not using Twitter and I'm, I'm not outputting much in some of the other social programs. So Facebook is a great place to see all of our information. Perfect. Perfect. Good. Right? And now CosmicObsession.com, you can come to the uh, website and leave us a note and say, send me more and I'll send you emails. I'll figure out a deal. You know, I'll figure, I'll figure something out, Yeah. you know, because we do contact and speak with people who come and they don't use these other platforms and, and it's okay. You know, I have to say it's okay for people not to sometimes because they're tired of uh, people coming and saying, well, I only use this and they don't use it, you know, so true. I don't want to say sorry, but I, I just want to say it's okay. We'll work something else out. Perfect. So, well, I, I do have to ask one question. Um, your article that we published here talked about trying to be the first one to find something oh. out there. So you really can, mm. you, I mean, that's a real possibility that you could be the first one to find a comet or a star or planet or something. I mean, that's Carrie, have it Carrie, named that Carrie, named Carrie, after Carrie, you. Carrie, I'm, gonna, I'm sorry, Carrie. I'm going to do this to you. Carrie, Carrie, <laughs> Carrie, 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 Carrie. It's the universe, my friend. It's the universe. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Right. Okay. So it's a big place. It's I'm, like it's like it's like uh, what what do we call that? Uh, it's like the anti uh, Seinfeld show where nothing happens in the universe. Everything happens. Every, everything happens. Okay? okay. And all you have to do is be looking at the right time and in the right place, and you can see amazing things. And and wow. uh, you know you just can't say it. so. Okay. So I, I'm just glossed over the whole thing. They say well. <laughs> Prove it, right? It's okay. So I'll tell you, I'll tell you the observational astronomer's way to find something uh, rather quickly. Everything that's out in space, you know, our solar system is one thing. Let's stop thinking about planets because they are pretty set as far as we know and where they're going to be. And we know that already. If we were wanting to look for something that doesn't have a name or a number or something else on it, where would we go? Okay. We have to think first, there's stuff spinning around the sun every which way and every which direction. There's mm -hmm. so much stuff spinning around in every which direction, every which direction. First, any sensible person would say, I don't know why we haven't been hit yet. Right? For sure. Because there's sure. so much stuff. But as we think next, we say, okay, where are the hard things to see? And if you think like what I said about earlier in the sun, if a planet's on the other side of the sun, it's very hard to see because it's it's up during the daylight. You can't see yeah, it right? because it's there during the day. Well, if there's an object coming from the direction behind the sun, and these, and I, I'm gonna, I'm not putting any jinx on it, so nobody in in a year come back out, <laughs> okay? Because this is the real, this is a real scenario. 
for the okay. for, for the NASA's and for the big boys, this is a, the real scenario. Here I am, though the amateur astronomer. I just want something small. I don't care what it is. NASA and the big astronomers, if they see something big, this is a deal. So something coming from the other side of the sun is very hard to see. And it would take a very long, well, I shouldn't say a long time. It doesn't have to take very long. It has to get very close to us before we can see it. Okay. And if we don't know where it is going, we don't know where it's going until we have a couple observations and we can figure out the circle that it's taking. If we're NASA and we're doomsayers, we're just going to end the conversation because we don't know nothing about anything on that path. Right. I'm an amateur astronomer trying to do the same thing. I need to look right after the sun sets, right? It might still be twilight out, but what I'm looking at now is the part of the spa- part of space that's in this area. So I'm going to look right after the sun sets and right before the sun rises. And that's the space around the sun and this is the areas that things go unnoticed. Okay. 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 And now there's other, if you want to look at other things, because some objects are, have these very inclined, you know, we go, let's think of us around a plate. That's a, our orbit. An inclined orbit would be up and down from us, north and south. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now you can look way north and you can look way south as an option. But for me, the sun sucks in objects. So there's going to be more action around the sun. Okay, so now I got something on my telescope. I took a picture. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I found something new. And this, <laughs> this happened to me, okay? So this okay. joke's on me, right? But, <laughs> oh, found something new. It's on my camera. What am I going to do? <laughs> well, there's ways. Okay, There's the International Astronomical Union. There's a website called nova.astrometry.net where you can take a picture and upload it to nova.astrometry.net and then do what's called plate solving. They'll put that picture in enough places, they match up enough stars, they know right where it was. And they can give you a lot of information and they'll tell you this coordinates of where that object that you're looking at is. Then I'll take that information and I'll put it in another International Astronomical Union website to find out if there's any other objects in that space at that time. And that's what happened to me. Ooh, everything I got found something. Oh no, I just found something else. That's it was, the, it was, that's the life of an amateur astronomer. It was new to you, right? That's like a, no, it was exciting. Not- it was exciting. It was, but it was like oh, whatever. But but so I've given you a general idea of that. Yes, um, new objects are discovered regularly. Uh, every month, uh, uh, um, 10 or 11 objects, uh, 12 more, uh, m- could be more. Um, they're called n- near-Earth objects for the most part because they have to okay. be close to Earth to be regularly in, uh, discovered. Um, basically, it is, it's about how bright does it get. When it gets closer to Earth, its brightness starts getting brighter, right? Because the sun, et cetera, et cetera, is working on it in our perspective from Earth. When it's farther away, it's dimmer. Our telescopes from ground have a limit uh, in magnitude of how dim it can get before we can see it. But if it's getting closer, then we see it, then we look at it again, and then we start putting orbits and discovering where they're going and whether they're a a part of an an existing known pattern. Oh, it just gets into numbers after them because there's there's millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of objects uh, floating around in space. But... I've made everything sound small and congested. 
the scale of the universe is un, untold. So okay. let me not leave you with the thought that even in our neighborhood, it, it, it it's a close, I mean, I have it, NASA scientists and they start looking at objects that are newly discovered. You know, they think, uh, they say, oh, this object's going to fly by Earth at 10 million miles and 15 million miles. And they, you know, they get, they talk about it and it goes in the news. But, you know, there's objects that come in between us and the moon. At one, oh, wow. one lunar distance. The, the distance between Earth and the moon is on average 238,000 miles. Uh-huh. Well, there'd be stuff come zipping in about 33,000 miles from the surface of the Earth and 120,000 miles. And those are the ones you got to be interested that sound, in. That sounds close. And R- relatively list. speaking, there's a there's a place, there's a list, there's, but then then once you get into all those things, you become what an amateur astronomer, and you're nice. you you fall down a rabbit hole. <laughs> not in a, Which not is- in a bad way. I I, <laughs> I never look at any situation, even if somebody wants to bring it to me in some negative way, because there's doomsayers and waynayers and all those things that go on. Yep, there's not enough happiness and positivity going on, in my opinion, that. I can, I'm okay with that. Well, I've grown past that. If it's in your heart's content, I can't change that. I have what's in my heart and we're going to go with it. Perfect. Well, I'll tell you what, if you, if somebody needs some, some pretty things in their life, they need to go take a look at this magazine and just see the, the pictures that are there. They, they are fantastic. And, and, um, I would encourage everybody to go to, um, go to the website, go to the Facebook um, and you start learning about this, see, see what's out there. Don't, um, you know, don't, don't be one of those that stands on the front porch and looks at the sky and says, I wish I knew what was out there because. Cause you can miss like, it. That's right. People like Francis and, 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 and places like cosmic obsession, they're out there and they're telling you what, what's out there. So with that, um, Francis, I want to say thank you for, um, joining us today. And as I, as I mentioned before, we're going to have to cut this off because I could talk all day and all evening about this. And I don't think my, um, our people will appreciate that. Um, some people will, but, um, thank you so much for, um, for your time today. And, um, uh, you got to hang with me here as I read a little stuff from our lawyers and then, um, we'll, we'll, uh, hope everybody will join us for the next, the next podcast. Thanks well, for listening everybody. Thank you. Have a great evening. Go out. This podcast should not be copied, distributed, published, or reproduced either in whole or in part without the express written consent of HCTC. Any inquiries relating to the podcast should be directed to the manager of community relations, that's me, at podcast at hctc.net.